All right. It's been hurricane season around here, and uh, there's another hurricane on the way. A bad one. A bad Folks one. are asking, is this something from God? Well, in a more general way, we want to talk about that, but just sort of ask, why do these kind of things happen? Why, why do these natural disasters that affect people's lives so seriously in very bad ways, why do these natural disasters happen? That's what we want to talk about on our study tonight. All right. It's going to be a good discussion. You'll want to stay tuned. We'll start right after this. It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about... Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion. Calling 931-381-4567 or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And this is the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, September 7th, 2017. Thank you for joining us on the program tonight. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is here. Hello, Dad. Jacob, great to be with you tonight. Good to be with you. And we're glad that you're listening on the other end of the line. And we'll look forward to hearing from you at 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. And in the chat window, wherever you may be watching us tonight, uh, we would encourage you to comment with other listeners there so that we can include your comments on this important topic. Kyle's behind the board tonight. Kyle, welcome to the program. It's good to be here. Looking forward to hearing from you as well. And, uh, well, Dad, it's uh, it's uh, bumper sticker time on the Virtual Bible. Oh, yeah, yeah. Big time bumper sticker We've been promising to try to get some new bumper stickers, and we did. We've got two kinds. We were out of an oval-shaped that's so big, over-shaped uh, bumper sticker. We got some, some new ones in, a little different style. Uh, and then we got a little bit bigger rectangular one. The other ones were very narrow, like 1 by 12. And some people said pretty small to read. We got some a little bigger. I don't know if they're big enough, but they're they're about twice as big as the other the ones. Letters bi- or the lettering is bigger. Yeah. Um, and has more information on it. So, yeah. If you've already got one and you'd like another one for another vehicle, maybe, or maybe you want to run two. You, how many are you running on your vehicle now, Kyle? Two? Yeah, I got two. two I got one of the versions. older, I got two style, on my truck. larger rectangular ones. You got, you're running I two. Got, I got dual. two. And, and they, they work. People will stop you and ask you what that is on the, on your car. To spread the word. So, if you would like to help us get the word out about the program, we would appreciate We'd appreciate a little spot on your bumper, if you don't yeah, mind, or, yeah. or your back window. So what you got to do is yeah. you got to send us uh, an email to questions at collegeview.com, but you got to provide us your snail mail address so that we can stick it in the U.S. mail to you. And we'll, Free we get, of charge. No problem. Just, if you help us out you, that way, we'll get it to you as fast as possible. You give us a part of the back side of your car, and we'll give you a bumper sticker. That's, yeah. that's how it works. It's yeah. a trade. And we, we would encourage you to do that. And maybe you're listening tonight because you saw a bumper sticker. Why not send us an email to tell us, hey, I saw your bumper sticker, and uh, maybe you want one too now. So let us know. All right. All right. Here program. we are right in the heart of hurricane season, and this has been a bad one. It's you know, we've been kind of lulled to sleep because for the recent years, there have been any major hurricanes uh, anywhere near the United States. And, and we had Harvey a couple weeks ago, and now we've got this Irma, which looks like a very bad storm mm-hmm. coming right at Florida. Mm-hmm. 
And it's already devastated some places in the Caribbean. I saw some pictures today. In fact, in our Facebook update, I, I pasted in a picture of one of the islands in the Caribbean that's just absolutely leveled. Uh, I mean, it was really bad. I mean, very bad stuff. And lots of people's lives are, are seriously affected and will be for a long, long time. The, the Harvey thing is not nearly over in Texas. Those people will be rebuilding for months, if not years. And, and now here comes this other one and it's gonna, it's gonna wreak great devastation. Why does that stuff happen? Yeah. You know? It's not just hurricanes. It's wildfires. And we had a wildfire around here last, this time last year, uh, or a little later in the year last year. Um, we have earthquakes, we have uh, floods, tornadoes, famine, pestilence. What's going on? Why does this happen? I got I got three quick comments on Facebook from our update earlier today. Susan said, God is good all the time. Sometimes he stills the storm and other times he stills his child. Well, thank you for that, Susan. Uh, okay. Betty yeah. said, because God makes it happen. Uh, and Elvis said it's God's will. Okay. Well, those are pretty general answers, and they may fit any work, but we want to we want to dig a little deeper into that. So earlier today, we sent out yeah. to our update list this topic with some questions. If you're not on our update list, get on our list by sending us an email to questions at collegeview.com. Remember, College View is spelled funny. It's C O L L E G E V U E. Collegeview.com. Questions at collegeview.com. Just say add me to the list and we'll do that. We get, we're continually getting requests to be on our list. We're glad for that. If you're a new listener, uh, we're glad you're out there, uh, and spread the news for us about, uh, on Facebook or, uh, other ways, bumper stickers or any way you can. Yep. Uh, the bigger the Bible study group we have, the better. But if you're on our update list, you would have got the update today. And here's the questions we ask. Number one, at the end of God's creation, everything was very good, it says in Genesis 1, verse 31. Yep. Well, I'll tell you, some of this stuff going on now is not so very good. It's hard to apply that definition to it. Yeah, so what happened? What changed? Number two, how is the earth different now after the flood than it was before? Number three, do natural disasters argue against a loving, benevolent God? Number four, what positives might result from the natural disasters that we experience? Yeah. So that's where we want to go with our study tonight. All right. Uh, we want to hear from you again, 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. And uh, maybe in the chat room, just send in your comments as to why do you think these things happen? Why do natural disasters happen? Philip is in the chat room. I can see these bumper sticker things are sort of becoming a status symbol. He, he say he's, he's got, got two. two on his car. If you it's don't like have two, I will tell you, what, Kyle, wouldn't you agree? If you don't have two, you're just right. you're just not with it. Hey, Philip, if you want three, <laughs> we can send you the third one. Uh, right. Yeah, that's that's great. All okay, right. all right. So starting out uh, at the end of God's creation week, uh, it says very clearly in Genesis one thirty one, God saw everything that He had made, and behold, it was very good yeah. and the evening and the morning were the sixth day so at, at at when god had created everything there was perfection i mean man's existence on planet earth was just absolutely ideal there was no disease there was no disaster there was no death all of those things were completely unknown when god first created planet earth and put man and woman here and they lived in the garden of eden everything was ideal but i want to tell you something else more than just their physical existence was ideal, yep. they also had a perfect relationship with God. 
It says in Genesis 3, verse 8, they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Now, that was actually after they had sinned. But you get the impression from that, that that was sort of a common occurrence, that God walked in the garden and he communed with the man and woman. They had a a close, perfect relationship before something bad happened. Uh, And, of course, they also had access to the tree of life. After the sin, after the fall, God cast the man and woman out of the Garden of Eden and he placed a cherubim to guard the entrance to the... Because he said in Genesis 3.22, lest man put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Uh, they had access to the tree of life prior to the sin. And after the sin, they were cast out. They, they, they would have lived indefinitely without sin. They would have kept on living. But now they, now they were going to die. Uh, and of course, the, the reason was because sin. They, they they had a very simple rule to live by don't partake don't participate don't don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil uh satan tempted eve eve shared with her husband and we know the we know how that story goes but in answer to the question what happened it was sin sin happened sin changed things uh and specifically in regards to natural functions on planet earth Earth was changed. Earth was cursed because of sin. In Genesis 3.17, Unto Adam God said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Cursed is the ground for thy sake, and sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. So there's the change. Something happened. And, And it wasn't just a change with Adam and Eve, and it wasn't just a change in the relationship that they'd had with God. All of that's true. But notice that it specifically says something changed about earth. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. And so um, man suffered consequences of, of his evil choice, but I believe the physical planet suffered consequences as well. All right. Uh, Kent, uh, Philip in the tra- chat room says it was indeed good, but sin changed all that, and we see uh, it as a part of the consequences. And what we see consequences of sin anthony has sent in his email says man sinned after this death decay toil and sweat became the new normal at some point man no longer lived in harmony with the animal creation before or after the flood yeah yeah uh, we don't know oh, he said, yeah it's a question what was before it before or after, after the flood but certainly after the flood they there's, there's yeah. that change that's for yeah. sure but but again i agree with anthony and there, chris, there was there was there was a new normal chris agrees as well and from georgia he says sin entered the world through adam and eve death became a reality so he says reality anthony says normal but that's what's happening here adam and eve brought the te- about terrible physical consequences both uh, to life and the earth itself and he references genesis three sixteen through 19 i agree all right and uh ramona says satan was thrown down from heaven and the earth is satan's realm the book of job records god asking satan from where do you come satan's reply was from going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it certainly satan has had something to do with the fact that it is not no longer yeah uh, we're going to Satan was thrown down from him. We're going to let that stand. We don't have time to dive into the origin of Satan. I, I did make a footnote on Ramona's email. We did a whole program on 
Satan's origin and work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you look in our archives, that's back on June 5th of 2014. Yep. June 5, okay. 6-5-14. Uh, I, I don't know what, how much we can say about Satan being thrown down from heaven. Uh, Based Bible, on what's been revealed. Yeah, the Bible doesn't reveal all but, that. But, 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 I, but the fact of the matter is, Satan is at work on the earth. Exactly and right. That is the, that's what's gotten us in this, this uh, predicament that we're in is the work of Satan and men uh, yielding to his will. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so, in answer to our first question, our first question was, what happened? Everything was very good, and, and suddenly it's not really very good anymore. Well, it was sin. Okay. And really, the consequences on planet Earth weren't weren't over. The consequences of sin on Earth weren't over just when God cast Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden. Sin kept getting worse and worse till the till the point that God finally sent the flood. Yep. So, in other words, sin began and it continued to multiply to the to the point that there was a catastrophic punishment of earth from God. Genesis 6, beginning verse 5. God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made the man on earth, made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. Uh, and so, in, uh, at, at the Garden of Eden episode with sin, we have the earth being cursed. But here in Genesis 6 then, sometime later, several generations later, wickedness and sin had grown so bad that God sent a catastrophic judgment upon all living things, on everything that breathed air on planet Earth. And, and we need to talk a little bit about how, how the Earth itself, the physical planet, was altered, especially. We know somewhat about that, how the physical Ooh. planet was af- altered after the flood. Ooh, let's talk about that. And we're going to get a break, and we'll get back. We'll want your comments. Maybe sign them in the chat room tonight. Uh, on the question, why do things, natural disasters happen? Are they from God? What do you believe the Bible says about that? We'll need to get to that when we get to uh, along in the program. Why do you believe natural disasters happen? Uh, let us know your thoughts. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study will continue right after this. Enjoying the virtual Bible study? Email a friend during this break and tell them to join in on the discussion. There's more exciting Bible study after this commercial. I'm Trent Haynes, a member of the College View Church of Christ, with a reminder about the update mailing list for the virtual Bible study. Every Thursday, shortly after noon, an email message is sent out with information about the topic for discussion on that evening's program. You're invited to start sending feedback and comments that are then included during the broadcast. If you'd like to be added to our update list, just send a message to questions at collegeview.com and put add me to the list in the subject line. That's all there is to it. Here's some quotes worth pondering. He who hates punishes only himself. A poor listener seldom hears a good sermon. Repentance is never too soon, but it may be too late. Attitudes are nothing more than habits of thought, and habits can be changed. Man, wish I'd said that. Quit checking your email. The commercials are over, and the virtual Bible study is ready to roll. We're back on the program tonight as we talk about uh, natural disasters. They're in the news, well, this week, but I mean, they're always in the news. Sure. Uh, So what's going on? Why do natural disasters happen? That's our study for tonight, and we're trying to sort of develop develop a a progressing progression of explanation here. And bottom line, and I think our our responders by 
uh, email and on Facebook were correct in saying what we're seeing is a result of sin entering the earth. Yeah. Because before that, it was everything was perfection. Right. Perfect. Mm, Very and, good. Uh, leave it to men to mess it up. Yeah. So the flood, the, the, so Adam and Eve sinned, cast out of the garden, separated from the tree of life, but sin kept multiplying. It got so bad that God determined to send the flood. Uh, but kind of put this together, and I think we've probably described this on the virtual Bible study in the past, but uh, just think about what we know. In Genesis 2, now this is before the fall. This is before Adam and Eve sinned, and this is certainly before the flood. Genesis 2, verse 4, These are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created, in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heaven and every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew. For the Lord, no, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. Um, now, think about that. This is pre-flood. This is a pre-flood description of the earth. There was there was no. I think, and I, I didn't put that in that in that excerpt that I read, but I think it describes in Genesis two a mist went up from the earth and water. Ground. Uh, yeah, verse six of Genesis two says. There, were, there went up a mist from the, the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. Mm-hmm. So it hadn't rained. Now, well, think about that. It's not raining? That's not the way we see things now. Before the flood, it didn't rain. There, it, but what was going on? Well, apparently the world was, the earth was enveloped in a water vapor canopy. And if you've ever been in a greenhouse, no, a greenhouse is really humid and moist, uh, and and a, a a canopy of water vapor enveloping planet Earth would have produced a tremendous greenhouse effect on Earth. The planet would have been tropical from North Pole to South Pole, there, all over the Earth. It would have been warm. A warm, humid, tropical climate would have prevailed. Uh, a greenhouse. You know, the environmentalists today tell us that if if we don't stop polluting the atmosphere, we're going to produce a greenhouse effect which will trap heat from the sun and the planet will 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 warm up. Well, that's happening before the flood. There was it appears this, that that's the case. Yeah. Now, uh, the reason we think that that's true is notice when the flood came in Genesis chapter 7, beginning verse 11, in the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, the same day notice, were the fountains of the great deep broken up, and the windows of heaven were open, and rain was upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights. And the flood was 40 days upon the earth, and the waters increased. Now, get this. Two things happened. The fountains of the great deep were broken up. This would indicate some. there were some... Subsurface water, massive water reservoirs that were broken up when the flood came. This would have described some violent geological activity. I mean, we're talking about earthquakes and shaking of the planet, the likes of which we can't even imagine. It's very likely that, that the, the, the great mountain ranges were pushed up and the deep ocean valleys were carved out in the process of this flood taking place. But notice, the windows of heaven were opened. That very likely describes the collapse of this water vapor canopy. Uh, Maybe one verse that we should have read that we didn't read 
in Genesis chapter 1, uh, in verse 6, God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. Yeah. And God made the firmament and divide the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. Yeah. So there was water above the firmament. The, the, the firmament is describing our atmosphere. And there was water above. And so I think we're seeing the picture of this water vapor canopy that enveloped the earth. But when God sent the flood, he caused that to collapse. You know, the big question is always, where did all the water come from? Well, it came from the collapse of that water vapor canopy and the breaking up of these subterranean reservoirs of water. That's where all the water came from. And it rained for 40 days. You know, it rained here just recently, five or seven days down in Houston and flooded everything. Think of torrential downpour for 40 days and nights. That in itself would have been a tremendous amount of water. But likely not enough to cover all the earth as to, as we know it today. But when all that violent shaking and geological activity took place, the great mountain ranges were were shoved up, but the deep ocean valleys were carved out too. And then that gives us the answer as to where did all the water ultimately go? Well, all the water ultimately ran off the high places and ran into those new deep places in the oceans. So the very surface of the earth looks incredibly different today than it did before the flood. Uh, it says the waters prevailed exceedingly upon the earth and all the high hills that were under the whole heaven were covered. Fifteen cubits upward did the water prevail and the, and the mountains were covered. Well, that's an extreme flood. That certainly doesn't, is not, not comparable to any kind of a localized flood like we saw in Houston and southeast Texas. As bad as that was, it wouldn't hold a candle to the flood that came in the days of Noah. Uh, and, and then the water ran off. And the running off of that water would have caused tremendous erosion, sedimentation, laying down of layers of rocks in some places and taking away in other places. I don't know how many of our listeners have ever visited the Grand Canyon. There's tremendous evidence of a, of a global flood in the Grand Canyon and in other places around the, uh, the globe as well. Psalm 104, verse 5, beginning. God laid the foundations of the earth that it should not be removed forever. Thou coverest it with the deep as with a garment. The waters stood above the mountains. At thy rebuke they fled. At the voice of thy thunder they hasted away. They go up by the mountains. They go down by the valleys into the place where thou hast founded for them. Thou hast set a bound that they may not pass over, that they turn not again to come. I think that again describes the idea of God pushed the mountains up. He carved the ocean valleys out, and that's where the water went. That uh, would have been a tremendous geological upheavals taking place in that time frame. We say all of that to say that the earth is tremendously different today than it was before the flood. All right. And again, all of that was a punishment for sin. Uh, 70, you know, we talk about where did all the water go? Did you know that almost three-fourths of the Earth's surface is still covered with water? Right. So there's still an awful lot of water around. Um, and that water affects things. It, it affects temperature and climate changes. Uh, the deep mountains, the, the tall mountains, the deep valleys create uh, weather extremes. Uh, the fractured crust of the earth that was torn up in the time of that flood that causes earthquakes as those as those fractured 
tectonic plates work against each other. Uh, large bodies of water, uh, variations in temperatures produce hurricanes. I mean, what we see on planet Earth today is the result of God's judgment sent, especially in the time of the flood because of sin. All right. Let us know your thoughts. Uh, Anthony has said the atmosphere was changed as the waters above came down in the flood. Occasional rain rather than persistent mist watered the Earth. More than likely, a single landmass became essentially what we know as the continents. Man was specifically permitted to kill and eat animals. And Chris says, why we have deep valleys and mountain ranges that were probably formed by the flood. They There were no longer lives. There were longer. There were longer lifespans. The climate had changed, and possibly there was no rain prior to the flood if the conditions in Genesis 2, verses 5 and 6 held until the flood. Thank you for that, Chris. And uh, we have uh, from Kent tonight. He says, though the scriptures do not explain many of the aspects of the pre-flood conditions of climate and topology of the earth genesis 1 verse 6 and 7 indicates that the earth was covered by a canopy of water vapor uh, genesis 2 verses verse 6 indicates that there was no rainfall but a mist came up from the ground producing a greenhouse effect upon the earth such being the case scientists contend that the atmosphere was composed of a high amount of water and carbon dioxide would capture and retain a great deal more heat than the present atmosphere. This would have acted as a canopy, providing a shield from ultraviolet rays. This also gives some explanation of the declining lifespan after the flood. After the flood, the canopy was precipitated, with its protective effects being largely removed, and then began a decline in general health and longevity. The implications of these points would indicate that before the flood, there was a universal tropical climate in all the earth. And uh, from Ramona, the climate before the flood may have been much more uniform than today, not having extremes in temperature. That the seasons were established after the flood when God said to Noah, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest and cold and heat and winter and summer and day and night shall not cease. Verse, chapter 8 of Genesis, verse 22. Interesting comment. Okay. Thank you. Now, uh, let's summarize that again just before we go to our, our middle hour break. So what's different now? Well, we put this all together. We, we've got temperature and time, climate changes. Actually, we have this greenhouse effect on planet Earth. we got some really cold areas. We've got some really hot areas on planet Earth. And when you get those contrasting temperatures, that's what causes weather patterns to, to yeah. occur, right? Tornadoes. Tornadoes, hurricanes. Uh, you know, th- there's only a certain time of the year where we worry about hurricanes, and we're in that season right now. It's because the sun has heated up the ocean basins, and the water's very... I heard today, I think, that the, that this Hurricane Irma is passing over water that's 88 degrees. Yeah, isn't that crazy? And that's bath water. That's it, yeah. So, uh, so you, that wouldn't have happened prior to the flood. That simply would not have happened. The water couldn't have heated up that much. For our international listeners, that's 88 degrees Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit, yeah. yeah that's, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's like a good place uh, to boil in there. Yeah. But again, so so just these these areas of differences in yeah. temperature on planet Earth, that's a that's an explanation for why we have some of these devastating weather patterns yeah. that cause so much trouble. And then, of course, that fractured crust of the Earth that, that we think probably took place at the flood time as well. Now we've got tectonic plates that maybe this fractured crust of the earth as those move against each other we know that's what causes earthquakes 
likely that didn't exist before. Again, a result of the flood. And so, so you're saying a lot of these disasters are occurring as a result of the punishment that was levied exactly. on mankind. Exactly. Okay. All right, we need to get a break, and when we get back, we'll continue the discussion. Still looking for some comments in the chat room. Is God causing these natural disasters today? And we want to note, is it, since there are these kinds of natural disasters, the, the sort of the philosophical question that follows is, do these natural disasters argue against a benevolent, loving God? Maybe it's not God doing it. Maybe it is. And if it is, or if God allows it, does it mean he's not a loving and benevolent God? Let us know your thoughts. We'll get this week's bullet point and get your thoughts on the other side. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study will be back right after this. After these important messages, we'll be back to take your comments. Email them during this break. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. Our bullet point this week comes from C.S. Lewis's book, Mere Christianity. He said, quote, I am trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about Jesus. That is, they say, I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That does not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level of a man who says he is a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the Son of God, or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool, you can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. Hi, my name is Mike Holt. My wife and I, we love listening to the Virtual Bible Study. Share your comment with the world. Call in now and be a part of the virtual Bible study. Now, back to the program. We're back on the program tonight. Remind you, this program is brought to you by the College of Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can find out more about us by visiting our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com, where you can podcast this program. Find out how to do that if you're not already doing that. And well, you, we podcast it. You need to receive the podcast. Yeah, right. Well, you, you can sign up for the podcast. Yeah. It's free. You just, you know, you know how to do that. I guess everybody knows how to do that now. But you can also find out how to do, uh, find a podcast of our sermons. And, uh, Chris in Atlanta has, has signed up to that. And he said, uh, he said, would you do me a favor, please? I recently listened to Monty's sermon on things we Monty's can, a regular participant here on the Virtual Bible Study, one of the members of the church. And we here podcasted one of his sermons. And he preached recently, up. and we put his sermon up. And so he said, I recently listened to Monty's sermon on things we can learn about Saul's conversion. Please tell him that he did an outstanding job and hit a home run. I really benefited from this lesson. Thank you. Well, Chris, you just told him, because Monty's a regular listener yeah, to this podcast. My, my, hopefully so. Monty will get that. Well, yeah. Thank you for listening, Chris. I'm sure uh, he will. Yeah. So, yeah, sign up there. And if you've not ever contacted us, we would encourage it, uh, or appreciate an email from you. Questions at collegeview.com is the email address to use. Use that to get a bumper sticker. Use it to submit your questions uh, for consideration on future editions of the Virtual Bible Study. Or just use it to send us a comment about something you heard. Maybe you agree. Maybe you disagree. We'd love to hear from you. All right. All right, so here's our question. Now, this is so we've been talking sort of about the the technical answers to how why we have natural disasters. Mm-hmm. We we link it to to sin in the world, but we know some some scientific technicalities that relate to that uh, based right. upon how God punished the earth. But now the philosophical question is: Do these natural disasters argue against a loving, benevolent God? 
And I, I, if we don't get any other message across, we want to, we want to strongly say no. It does not argue against God's goodness and love and benevolence. Uh, Genesis 18 verse says, the judge of all the earth will do that which is right. Yeah. And right. we believe that. Yeah. Uh, so God, God's created the earth now and, and, and he has put into place Certain laws. God created a world ruled by natural law, and that and natural law has they're good, but they have some consequences. For instance, if you step off of a five-story building, the law of gravity is going to pull you down to right. the pavement below, right. and you're going to die. That's a law. It's actually a good law. I mean, I'm glad we got gravity. It'd be a little hard. We'd be floating around out here if we didn't have gravity. So gravity is yeah. a good thing. God, yeah. it's a good, but it has consequences. The law of gravity has some associated consequences. Uh, if you stop in front of a, or excuse me, if you walk out in the street, if you walk out in front of a moving car, that car is going to hit you and kill you, because two objects can't occupy the same place at the same time. That's the law. Yeah. An object in motion tends to stay in motion. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we got some natural laws here. They're good things, and we use them to our advantage, but they do have consequences if we go against those laws. Right, right. And and, and so uh, just because there's just because bad things happen by na- because of nature doesn't necessarily mean that that's a bad thing. It's actually good. God's blessed us with with natural laws that that work to our amazing advantage. Right. Right. Uh, we're gonna after after the program's overnight. We'll get in our cars. We'll ta- that car is designed to function based upon certain natural principles that God put in place. Men discovered how to to harness, harness those stuff. things and put them to work in our advantage. So natural the, the natural laws that govern the planet uh, um, they also cause weather patterns. For you know gravity, uh, matter in motion. Involved in this hurricane that's coming, yeah. uh, so natural laws are regulating uh, the movement of that storm, uh, other geological conditions, earthquakes, and so forth. Uh, for instance, we've seen in times past uh, the horrible devastation caused by a tsunami, but we know what causes the tsunami. It's a natural phenomenon, and we know what causes it. Uh, so again, all of that is according to natural law. God. Put us in a world that's regulated by natural law, and uh, sometimes we have consequences of it. All right. Um, Anthony says, does it argue against a benevolent God? He says, absolutely not. God never promised anyone a carefree and painless life, free of suffering, not even his faithful children. There could be many potential purposes for natural calamities. For example, wildfires are essential for healthy forest and some kinds of life, particularly mushrooms, to live. But I'm also sure uh, God may use natural disasters to impose judgment on people and nations. We can never point to a disaster and say for sure that God caused that, but it's not outside of possibility. You know, I was just thinking about what Anthony said there, and I, I didn't... I didn't think about that before, but maybe some of our listeners in the chat room can chime in with some references in the Old Testament. But God sent certain natural calamities to judge people. Yeah. He sent invasions of locusts, for instance. Yep. Uh, the Old Testament, about the, the Old Testament mentions uh, earthquakes yep. uh, that came at various times. Famine, Famine. Uh, was sent by God. Sure. Uh, so yes, uh, certainly God has used natural disasters. Now, 
the, 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 the difference today is we can read those Old Testament accounts and because by revelation we can link the natural calamity with God causing yeah. it because it was revealed to us. So the question today is, did God send Hurricane Harvey on Texas because God was upset with Texans? Well, I can't say that because we don't have he revelation. Revealed that. I'm he sending floods because those guys in yeah. Texas. But it, but it could have been. Or he's sending this next one to Miami because Miami is a really corrupt city. And well, it might be, but we couldn't. We can't say that with certainty because we don't have revelation. Okay. Um, Dwight in the chat room says, "Does God does God cause these natural disasters? No, but He allows it to happen. God, then we would agree that He does allow it. And it's hard to say if He causes or He's using it to punish. It's difficult. But uh, but uh, Dwight says no. Uh, does God allow little ones to be born with?" Uh, disability, uh, no, but it, but it does happen. Does he want? I guess what does God want? Little ones to be born with disabilities? No, but it does happen, and certainly it does. Uh, certainly, some of these are consequences. In, 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 a, in an ideal world, it had man not sinned, God wouldn't have allowed any of this. None of it would have happened none if sin had never entered the world. None of those, none of the things we're talking about tonight would have ever happened. That's for sure. Chris in Atlanta says it does not in the least argue against a loving, benevolent God. God loves us and sent his son to die for us. That is the ultimate expression of love. Never promised we would have an easy or fair life. He does promise us that if we obey the gospel, remaining faithful unto death, he will, we will have an eternity of peace. When we take our minds off the eternal big picture and focus on the temporary life on earth, we start to make unfounded claims like God can't be loving if he allows these disasters. That's an interesting persp- uh, point from Chris. It, it, it's somewhat um, is dictated by your perspective. And if you're focusing just here on this temporary uh, life, then perhaps maybe it is. But if you realize God's benevolence and love uh, in the big picture, you certainly would argue against that. Yeah. Uh, Kent says, natural disasters do not argue against a loving God. Natural disasters argue that such occurs because God's law was transgressed and consequences of Necessity must follow such transgression. If anything, natural disasters demonstrate the free moral agency that God has endowed upon humanity. The aspect of free moral agency is a strong argument in defense of both God's love and benevolence. Okay. Um, I think that all of those are right on target. Um, Again, God established natural laws to rule and regulate the earth and... It's 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 actually a good thing that we know that these natural laws are going to function uniformly and consistently. Yep. Because there would be absolute chaos if we didn't have that. Plus, as we were mentioning, a lot of our comforts depend upon understanding and harnessing these natural forces to our advantage. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, some disasters are sort of are are undoubtedly the byproduct of something that is itself good. We've got hot and cold air. We've got battling weather systems. And they cause storms. So maybe it's a tornado, more localized. Or maybe it's a hurricane, more generalized. But, we, again, natural laws functioning in all of those things. And, and, and they are in place because it has created and, and, and it, both initially with this creation week and subsequent to the flood and the way that things changed after the flood. All right, 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. What do you think? Uh, what do you believe the Bible teaches on this important topic? All right, let's grab our last break, Jacob, and when we come back, we got one big last question. Is there anything positive that we can take away from 
the experience of these natural disasters. All right, so they're going to happen, and God may even be using them to punish folks. We just don't know. But they are, no doubt, a consequence of sin. Can anything good come from this? Uh, maybe maybe so. Let's see what we find out. What do the scriptures say about that? Don't go anywhere. The Virgin Bible said it goes to the top of the hour right after this. Have you checked out all of the resources on collegeview.com lately? Check it out now while you listen to these important messages. The Virtual Bible Study will be right back after this. Tonight on Channel 8 WSIN, it's TV like you've never seen it before. Starting at 8, it's TV's funniest new comedy, Fornication in the City, and Marie has been misbehaving again. Guess what? I just cheated on my husband. He doesn't even know about it. (laughs) And then at 8.30, it's the show that's setting the standard. You won't want to miss this week's I Love This World, where Bob makes a great announcement. Well, I think it's time you knew the truth. I'm gay. (laughs) And at 9 o'clock. It's the show that Television Magazine has called the number one drama for murder and violence. You won't want to miss this week's In Cold Blood to see who will be the next to be gunned down. It all starts tonight at 8 o'clock on Channel 8 WSIN. I'm Greg Gwynn reminding you that sin is a terrible thing and that those who are entertained by watching others sin fall under the condemnation of God that is mentioned in Romans 1.28. Be careful what you watch on television because in spite of what the devil wants you to think, sin is always sin and it's never funny. We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. The National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism defines binge drinking as a pattern of drinking that brings blood alcohol concentration levels to 0.08. This typically occurs after four drinks for women and five drinks for men in about a two-hour time period. In 2015, 26.9% of people ages 18 or older reported that they engaged in binge drinking in the past month. The Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration defines heavy alcohol use as binge drinking on five or more days in the past month. In 2015, 7% of people ages 18 or older reported that they engaged in heavy alcohol use in the past month. That information is via the Gospel Coalition. The Word of God says in Proverbs 20, verse 1, Wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. Missed a recent virtual Bible study program? Listen to any of our past programs from the archive section of our website. Now, back to the virtual Bible study. And we're back on the program, and we appreciate you for being here as we talk about uh, natural disasters. Why do they happen? Uh, now to the question, can anything good come from this? You know, that almost might sound like just a crazy, insulting concept. Yeah, sort of a harsh. So here we are up in Tennessee we got some rain from Harvey, but it was actually probably beneficial here. We didn't. We didn't. A few places got Your a little bed bit of flooding, floating up to the ceiling. Uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't have. I didn't. My house didn't flood. I didn't. I didn't even. I didn't have any negative effect of it yeah. whatsoever. So it may have made my grass mow a little, grow a little bit more, and we have to mow it again. You know. So it's easy for you to say, yeah, there's positives. Come down here to Texas and and wade through this mud and muck that's in my living room, mm-hmm. and then tell me, you know, that there's something positive about it all. So we understand that in the moment of calamity, it's hard to see a bigger picture than that. Yeah. Uh, we understand that. But when we can step back from the immediate crisis a little bit and, and, and judge it more carefully, 
I think there are probably some positives. Okay. What could those be? Why don't we get to our listeners for some of those ideas? Anthony says many positives come from difficult times. Many positives come from difficult times, whether natural disasters or anything else. James reminds us to count it a blessing when we face hard times, particularly in natural disasters or other calamities. People tend to come together in amazing displays of goodwill towards men. Hard times bring us closer together, which in today's age of smartphone addiction is a particularly great thing. Of course, they also bring us closer to God and remind us of our dependence on him. Exactly right, Anthony. Right on. How about Chris in Atlanta? He says, before Hurricane Harvey, we were having riots, marches, and hate between so many groups. After the hurricane, people banded together and came to the aid of their fellow man. The news was filled with white, black, Hispanic, all working together to help their neighbors. You are not hearing about all these hate groups going after one another now. Sadly, I'm sure it will start up again sometime in the future. Another positive that may result is people may seek God. It seems during these times of persecution or tragedy, people start to think more about God. Lastly, this can give us an opportunity to minister to our neighbors. Matthew 25, 35, and 36. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Okay. Thank you, Chris, for those good comments. Uh, uh, I want to hang on to that last point about opportunity to minister to our neighbors. I want to talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Okay. Uh, Kent said, said such natural disasters can have an effect upon humanity to draw them closer to God and assist them in a greater search for God's revealed truth that is found in his inspired word. I think that's right, too. So basically, I think it, in the in the huge big picture – Again, I understand that in the moment of calamity, when it's my house that's flooded, when it's when it's my child that's uh, sick and dying with a disease, when it's when it's you know uh, a, a loved one who's who's suffered horribly from a storm or an earthquake or whatever, it's hard to see it. But in the big picture, anything that that keeps reminding me this earth is not my home, I'm seeking a place where. All of this will be alleviated and it will be a perfect existence with God for an eternity in heaven. Anything that keeps me focused on that and and reminds me, again, that this earth is not my home, that is ultimately a good thing. Well, and then, uh, I think uh, Anthony alluded to James chapter 1, beginning verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces, produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Uh, I, you know, in the in the heat of the moment, it's going to be very hard to see the positives of it. But I think when we get on the other side of of difficult times, yeah. we can look back and and see the benefits yeah. uh, that came. Yeah, you know, I, I think one of the reasons why these calamities hit us so hard is because we're so blessed. In other words, so if if I lived in a grass hut and the and a, a hurricane came and blew it down. Tomorrow I'll put my grass hut back up, and now I'll be living just like I was before. Yeah, it falls but over now, all the time. But, but yeah. now I've got a four-bedroom house with three bathrooms. That I thought would last forever. Central heat and air and yeah. hot and cold running water and uh, big screen TV and all the Internet connectivity. 
And now when that's taken away from me, it seems harsher on me. Yeah. So one of the, I think one of the reasons why it hits us harder is because we're, we've been so blessed and we have so much. And when we have to do without some of it for a while, it seems harder. So maybe people take it harder now than they ever have before because of the advancements of our lifestyle. That's a good point. Uh, yeah, I mean, before they knocked over your, your shack, it was just an opportunity to build a new build one. A new- <laughs> I need, I, need, I need to do that anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to do it next weekend. I'll do it this weekend. Um, but now it's a uh, it's yeah, like you said, we 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 sort of think that these are permanent abodes that we have now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, back in the Old Testament, men could see this even back in Hebrews eleven verse thirteen. These all died in faith, not having received the promise, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from which they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. Even going all the way back to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, which is the context there of Hebrews 11, they could see this this world is not my home. I'm, I'm striving for a country that's better than this. And God said that he's prepared such a place. And so, Kyle, if if anything in this life, maybe it's a health problem, maybe it's uh, physical problems with, you know, uh, physical calamity, these all remind us that there's something better than where we are right now. Of course, which I'm, I believe I'm not sure. We've mentioned uh, yeah, 2 Corinthians 4 and 17 and 18. It's just, yeah, talking about uh, how... The light affliction producing an eternal weight, you know, glory far beyond comparison. Well, we look at the things which are seen, but not look at the things which are seen, but things that are not seen, which we're trying to look for the, not the temporal, but the eternal. So we're trying to see this temporary life. We're just trying to focus on what's beyond this. That's what we really need to focus on. Even that's every day, but especially in affliction. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, exactly and, right. And you talk to people who are in the, the afflictions and you get that perspective. You're not going to get it from the guy who's living in the nice, comfortable house and everything's going smoothly you don't yeah. get that as often as you would talking to someone who yeah. just had their house washed down the river exactly right uh you know as bad as these natural disasters are uh even uh, we think of people uh, godly people who have suffered persecution for their faith not natural disasters but persecution from fellow man Paul spoke of this in Romans 8, beginning in verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine, nakedness or peril or sword? For it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so, no matter what it's facing, if it's some natural disaster or calamity, if it's persecution from fellow man, know that that God is, is aware that he loves his own and that he will ultimately bless us for serving him. All right. Um, and having this perspective certainly is not going to become natural. It's not going to be, uh, uh, you know, you're not going to have this just by the, uh, perhaps what uh, James chapter 1 verse 5 says is wisdom. And if you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives it to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. 
certainly it's going to have a, we're going to have to have this spiritual perspective. There's going to have to be a lot of wisdom to keep our focus and our attitude right. And, and again, I don't expect a person who's right in the middle of it to be able to to focus on that. I mean, uh, when you're up to your neck in alligators, it's it's a little bit hard to you know. Uh, see it, see anything else at the moment. Right. But once you get out of the alligator pit, you you might be able to refocus and see. Not see. only will you be able to see it, but you'll be stronger for it if yeah. you handle it the right way. Yeah. Is what the, that's what the scriptures teach us. Yeah. 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 Here's a here's a beautiful passage. Think about this, and it, I think it applies particularly to the kind of things we're talking about tonight. Psalm 46, beginning verse one. God is our refuge and strength, the very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. And, and the psalmist there is saying, with our hope and faith and confidence in God, and he even mentioned some of the very kind of natural calamities that we've been describing tonight. He said, we will not be afraid. Because God is with us. And a passage that our uh, kids are learning in Bible class here at College View. Joshua 1, verse 9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Uh, We can have confidence that regardless of what we may encounter, uh, no need to fear. Uh, Have confidence that God is with us. Okay, I think that's, uh, I hope that that answers that question. It's, it's, uh, I believe the Bible gives us a lot of good information along the line. A couple comments from the chat room. Dwight says, could anything good come from Jesus dying on the cross? Yes, and with natural disasters, good can come from it. It reminds me of how God is in control. It also makes me draw closer to God and my brethren. Prayer is offered more. Well, that's a, I mean, lots of things here. It reminds us how God is in control, yes. It causes us to draw closer to God. We realize his, our dependence on him Co- causes us to grow closer to our brethren. We realize we need others around. We're not self-sufficient. Yeah. And prayer is offered more. Good comments, uh, Dwight, on that. And then Mike says, uh, when things are going wrong or bad, people draw closer to God. But when things are going good, we seem to forget to be thankful for the blessings we have. That's just absolutely true. I mean, it, we've seen it in our own lives. We see, we see it in the lives of men. That hard times do make people search and think about God. Uh, uh, you know, some, I heard a preacher once describe us as we're drowning in a tub of butter. Yep. We, we've got it so good that it's killing us. And we need that, yeah. that we need some hard times, as yeah. has been said many times. And you remember uh, back after September 11th, uh, 16 years ago almost to the yeah. day, how much uh, people were mentioning God and, and got a spiritual focus. It didn't last long. But there certainly was uh, a, a renewed interest in spiritual things. And then Kent is in the chat room tonight. Kent references Psalm 91, verses 1 through 3. Uh, Psalm 91, 1 through 3, if my pages will unfold here. Uh, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in him I will trust. Surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. Thank you for that, Kent. All right. Thanks, Kent. He's not going to spare us from those things. He's going to deliver us from them. That's right. Okay. Uh, uh, We're just out of time. I wanted to go back to one last thing that Chris and Georgia mentioned. Um, He said we have an opportunity to minister to our neighbors. And and then he quoted from Matthew 25 where Jesus expects us to do that. 
I was hungry, you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger, you welcomed me. I was naked, you clothed me. I was sick, you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. So we should be a benevolently minded people. Yeah. Uh, and these kind of disasters give us a chance to do that. And I think we should be very mindful of those opportunities. But on the other side of that coin, I would just, because I, I see some things come along and even some of our own brethren devise up schemes that actually violate scriptural principles. And I just would encourage us. We should be helpful. We should try to offer benevolent assistance where it's needed. But sometimes people in, in, in the heat of these crises, they just, they, it's like they forget all about biblical methodology and authorized processes. Uh, I saw some evidence of that in some of the emails that were being circulated following Hurricane Harvey in Texas. And some of our brethren were Amazing, amazingly, uh, short-circuiting biblical methodology and authorized practices for disaster relief because of disaster relief. Yeah, but we have patterns in the yeah, New Testament yeah, how they handle that. Exactly. Right. Them, but, yeah. but not to to circumvent Chris's good comment. There, we've yeah, got exactly. to be we should of be a benevolent we, heart. The, the scriptures say so much about the importance of benevolence. So let's just make sure we're doing it right. And we're, it's not like, oh, I can't afford it. You know, look how you're living. Mm-hmm. You can afford it. Yeah. You need to be figuring out how to afford it yeah. if you think you can't because yeah. we have such an abundance. Okay. All right. Uh, Kyle, I'll give you one last shot at a final comment. Oh, no, it's just a, it was a good, uh, it's a good study. It's something we've always need to be trying to find things to be thankful for, especially uh, be thankful before disaster happens, but especially, you know, just when disaster does strike just not to blame god just to seek him as our refuge though i think that's a good point because some people will point an accusing finger at god and that's not the right way to react at all oh, that's a good point we hadn't thought about that yet but that certainly is something to avoid dad thank you for a good discussion tonight. thanks Jake. and uh certainly uh need a reminded that uh, this world is not our home and uh, we're looking for something better. I hope you benefited from our study and discussion of God's Word. Thank you for everyone who commented on the program tonight. Let us know your thoughts. We'd love to hear from you anytime. Questions at collegeview.com. And we hope you make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word of the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.